Hello, and welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and my beard has grown to the length where the mustache is now coming into my mouth, and it's bothering me. So if I'm, you might be able to hear my beard on the recording today. My name is uh, Luke Bailey, and if you have not heard my beard for the last however many episodes we've done, then you definitely won't hear Ryan's. <laughs> my beard is different than your beard. My beard goes in like a weird angle where your beard goes out, kind of like a Lego man beard. Yeah, it's it's I you know it's a solid beard. I think uh, I can't really remember what my face looked like without it. I'm actually having trouble remembering what you looked like. I know that you <laughs> you basically looked kind of like me, but you had gray hair, but we had the same haircut and the same level of stubble. And then you radically changed your look. I went in a different direction than you did. Yes, like when we when we but when we were both in the UK, uh, yeah, we had a very similar vibe. And then I was like, oh, we have a similar vibe, and I tried to do the opposite. Oh. Wait, it was how I didn't know that it was in oh, a, super deliberate. I didn't know that it was deliberately you reacting to not look like me anymore. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, on that. <laughs> huh. Uh, this week, we're talking about sovereign citizens. If you've been hearing about them in the news, they're they're kind of they're all over the place right now. Um, they're kind of like QAnon, but they're not really like QAnon. And we're going to try to dig through what they are, what they stand for, who they are, what they do. Do, I, do, I mean, do you know what I'd like to do as a sovereign citizen? What would you like to do? Eat a scotch egg. Luke. In the pub. Tell me about why your country is fighting about scotch eggs right now. <clears throat> I can't. It's... It's oh, it's so frustrating because it's not even the first time we fought about Scotch eggs. Obviously, oh, like, obviously, we fight not. about no, you guys... we fight about food all the time. But we've had this exact conversation about I think it was about six weeks ago, eight weeks ago. But that time it was about pasties. Pasties are just... like savory pies, correct? Yeah, we all pies. That's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 thing was was that. We have lockdown regulations. Mm. One of the lockdown regulations is that you can only go into the pub in certain areas. Like different areas have different regulations. We have tier one, tier two, tier three. And in tier two, you can only go to the pub if you also have a substantial meal. Uh At which point, the entire UK press forgets about the idea of okay, can you explain to us the science behind this? Can you explain the logic? Explain the logic, like you know what's happening, who, how many people are dying, and goes like, so what's a substantial meal? And just keeps uh, asking questions until someone says something. And, you know, we ask one guy and he goes like, a scotch egg is a substantial meal. And then two hours later, they ask a different minister the same question. He's like, no, a scotch egg isn't a substantial meal. And that's the rest of the week. Well, and it's been three days now and we're still talking about scotch eggs. And it's worth pointing out that today on Wednesday, the UK became the first West country to approve a vaccine. And still we're talking about scotch eggs. Well, okay. By the, the next time we record this... This this podcast, we will have started vaccinating people in the UK. Like, people in the UK will have started receiving the vaccine, and we will still be talking about scotch eggs. Well, here's the thing. I've eaten scotch eggs that are very small, and I've also eaten scotch eggs that are very big. This is it. This is the infuriating <laughs> part of it, because there actually there actually is a logic behind this in that the way that licensing works for various different, like, licensing laws, you need to have what's called a table meal. So, it's, yeah, which is exactly how it sounds. It's a meal that you eat at a table, and that yeah, that kind of makes sense in in many ways. Uh-huh. Like you, you, if it's a meal, you sit down with a plate at a table, that counts as a meal. If it's a packet of pork scratchings or whatever, it doesn't count as a meal. Right. Well, when you see the bar, and like there is a mechanical, there is a mechanical difference of that because it ends up meaning something for age. So if you're 16, you can have a pint with a meal, but you can't have a pint on its own. Okay. So you can't stand at the bar, have a packet of pork scratchings and a pint, but you can sit down with your parents and eat a meal and have a pint while you also have your meal okay which is not is that that makes sense and this this rate this this differentiation has been in the law for a long time it's always been called table meal except for some reason they've introduced the word substantial which doesn't exist in the law anywhere but wait wait in this old version does a scotch egg count it depends if you eat it at a table like it's it's that thing of you intuitively so if i eat a scotch egg at a table then it's a meal but if i eat a scotch egg at the bar it's not a meal so this goes back to the 1965 case of timmins 
I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. There is a genuine court case in which someone tried to figure it out. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and the person, was, their name was Timmons, and they sued someone. And, and as a result, there was this, there is this thing in law which exists uh-huh. where they broadly kind of didn't come down on one side of it or the other. Uh-huh. But it was broadly, if you're standing at the bar, it's definitely not. If you're sitting at a table, it probably is, uh-huh. assuming that it's of some sort of substance. Like, it has to be something. And it helps if it has a side. So a scotch egg and a pickle on the side, definitely a, definitely a good meal. That's a meal. That's a substantial What meal. about a packet of crisps? Does that count as a side? Well, that's separate because it's not on the plate. It's not served with it on the plate. What if you were to... I've eaten at places where they make their own crisps and then they put them on the plate. Well, that's fine because that's on the plate. <sighs> yeah, so anyway. um, <laughs> Like 600 people died today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, okay. Uh, in America... Um, we went through this Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo in New York went through this where he created like a pyramid. I, dude, I feel like we've talked about this on this show already. Yeah, this is the crazy but thing. He made like ha- a food just, pyramid and he was like, hot dogs just, don't count as a meal, but sandwiches do. And then everyone got pissed. Exactly. Well, hot dog you buy on the street though. So it's clearly not a meal. Oh my God. You don't sit down to eat it. I need, I need this to be... Th- I need this pandemic to be over. We're talking about the same shit we've been talking about for 31 <laughs> episodes. This is this is episode 31 since we started this. This is this is so much bullshit. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. You know Okay. <laughs> I'm just This is the problem. I'm this is the fucking out, problem. Man. We, we're going round. We're going round and round the same shit every single time and we're talking about scotch eggs or pasties or hot dogs or whatever it is and because no one can really deal with the reality of it so all everyone's doing is just looking at this thing and being like oh you said a meal what's a meal everyone knows what a fucking meal is like you know that if you have one of the mini like supermarket scotch eggs that's not a meal if you have a large scotch egg on a plate with salad and chips it's clearly a meal it's fine everyone knows the difference why are we talking about this because it, it is easier to get someone to slip up and say like well, I don't know, maybe a scotch egg is a meal. Because also, when we talked to a different minister about this, this minister was like, well, I guess two scotch eggs would count as a meal. Oh, my God. And then he, in the next interview, he was like, no, no, one scotch egg was count as a meal. But I might have a scotch egg as a snack, but also it could be a meal. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? It's so much. It's just so stupid. Oh, actually, I have a, this reminds me. I have a question, and this is a new thing. Have you have you gone out to eat since the pandemic started? Have you gone to like a nope. restaurant? Really? Oh. Nope. Well, I, uh, yeah, I... I didn't feel the need to when the restrictions lifted and it felt, it felt too high risk. And it, 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 it yeah, no, I haven't been out. I, haven't, I have not been to the pub since March. Well, that's incredible for you. I mean, that's actually thank something you. that you've probably needed to do for like about 10 years now, but thank you. Uh, so do you know if like there are temperature scans at restaurants in the UK? There are. So many the, of them have them. Not, not all, but many of them have them. So, like, I never encountered them in America at all. But in Brazil, they're very strict about them, which I was very surprised by. And, like, actually, they were strict about them in Belize as well, where they literally write down your name and your temperature. And they, like, keep a log of every guest and their temperature and stuff. So we're supposed to do, we're supposed to do that. Um, There's supposed to be a thing that you, you sign up to, but you, the app also works. We have, like, a test and trace app. You go into a place and it, it records if you've been there. And then if there's a case later, it tells you you should isolate. Dude. America's so fucking bad. Holy shit. We don't have temperature at restaurants. No one's really wearing masks outside. We don't have a test and treat. You, don't, you shouldn't wear masks outside. You don't need to wear masks outside. Yeah, well... No like, one in the UK wears masks outside. Well, there's a reason they're doing it here in Sao Paulo, and that's because it's one of the densest cities on Earth. So if you're outside, you are around people. That's actually why you can't eat outside here. Fun fact. You can only eat inside here. So this is fascinating because there is a genuine thing, and I've done this quite a lot, which is the most significant thing to minimizing the spread is ventilation right and if you're outside you have ventilation so it's basically fine like if you run through the numbers like there's been essentially zero transmission right zero transmission outside it doesn't happen unless you're literally open mouth kissing someone yeah or someone spits in your eyes you know well so actually i had it explained to me and this this i thought was very funny i had it explained to me the reason why you cannot eat outside in brazil right now is because if a couple of Brazilians are eating outside, that very quickly becomes a lot of Brazilians eating outside, which very quickly becomes a street party. And so they've basically banned any sidewalk dining because people just don't leave and they just stay there all afternoon and it becomes like a 50 person event. So it's a way to, it's a way to manage. And also most restaurants here aren't like closed, right? Like they're, there's openings yeah. and stuff. So 
for the most, but I, I just think it's crazy that like America has none of these. Like I, I've, I've stayed. You have better mask wearing than the UK. You have better mask wearing than more as every other country in the world. Every other country that's not in, uh, in Asia, in the world. Wait, like this is what's kind of, you guys have great mask wearing. We do. Yeah, the U.S. has better mask wearing than any other country. Well, if you came to the U.K. right now, you would freak out by how few people wear masks. Really? On the tube, everyone wears a mask. In communal areas, most people wear masks. In shops, most people wear masks. But it's like 80%. Huh. It's, the U.S. is much better at mask wearing than the rest of the world. But- and which feels crazy to you guys, because you're like, well, no mask wearing is essential. Because you guys have got this like setup of 100% mask wearing is the only acceptable number. And the rest of the world is kind of set up at like, ah, 70% is fine. Huh. It's super weird. That is weird. Because also, like, we're doing very badly. <laughs> hey, the other day on a different course of this, you, you said, like, oh, it's crazy that North Dakota's had, like, one in 800 people die from this. Yeah. Uh, the UK is one in 900, it- as the whole of the UK. Oh. Yeah. Wow. The US is not the worst. We keep saying we're the worst, though. I mean, you're very proud of the fact that you're number one on something. It's very weird wherever you go to different countries. For example, in Brazil, they have the thing where they want to stop everyone like meeting outside to have street pies. In the UK, they're like, well, no one's allowed to go to the pub after 10 p.m. Because it's like, yeah, after 10 p.m. it gets super messy. This is all cultural. Everyone has a different perspective on this, which is how, same, similar to how the internet works. Because while you're... Nah, yeah, I can't do that. You are doing really well there. <laughs> no, I think, okay. it, I think it is really interesting. So far, I've experienced the coronavirus in two different states in America, and I've experienced it in three different countries. And all three, like, all three countries are vastly different countries and also have vastly different rules. Um, and it, and it, it is very interesting. I feel like we're pretty far away from fully understanding exactly how the coronavirus is changing our governments. And this is probably as best of a segue as we can get from scotch eggs into our topic this week, <laughs> which is... It makes sense to me that as governments are trying to figure out exactly how you know, like active a role they have to play in the coronavirus, we're seeing a resurgence of a conspiracy theory that's actually quite old, and that's called the sovereign citizen. So let's, uh, let's talk about these bastards, shall we? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm fascinated by this because this has been kicking around the UK for a while and your thing seems to have gone totally different. So why don't you explain to me what a US sovereign citizen is? I will. Um, and so, and th- this isn't the first... So the, the US strain of sovereign citizens is actually not the first strain that I encountered. But the way the sovereign citizens in America tend to operate is they're like libertarian-esque, they're QAnon-leaning, they, they, they love like pretending to be lawyers uh, most of them are grifters. They're like tangentially related to like doomsday preppers and militia people. And they really tap into this idea that the the U.S. Constitution uh, gives them the ability to basically declare themselves their own country or their own, you know, they're, they're a sovereign citizen of their own nation. And they keep popping up because they don't really believe anything beyond that, which means that, like, their worldview is very malleable. So, you know, a lot of them will be anti-vaxxers because it's like, don't touch my body, government, because, like, I'm a sovereign citizen. Or they'll be, like, UFO truthers because, like, they're fucking crazy. (laughs) Like, they're just... They're just always around, and it feels like the QAnon movement is morphing more into that than it used to be, which makes sense because Q is gone. Q is, you know, we're in a we're in a Superman is dead scenario. So Q is gone, and now we have like the sovereign citizens sort of like jumping into this moment. So how does that differ from what you've seen in the UK with the sovereign citizens? So yeah, this is super interesting. So our version of sovereign citizen is known as the the Freeman on the land conspiracy. Okay, which means that. Essentially, the argument is, is that all these people are free and cannot have laws applied to them that they don't agree to. I love that. That sounds dope. Yeah. Now, this comes from the 11th century. <laughs> As all things involving UK law do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it comes from the 11th century. It comes from Magna Carta, okay. which you've seen. You've been to Salisbury. Oh, yeah, I have seen the Magna Carta. Yeah, right. Okay, so this is where this all comes from. Okay. We got very so drunk the, in Salisbury. We got very drunk in Salisbury, yes. Well, actually outside Salisbury, but um, that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> so 
the Mag- Magna Carta is, uh, I don't know the best way to describe it. So it is the theoretical basis of the Constitution of the United Kingdom. However, the Constitution of the United Kingdom doesn't exist. It's not really a thing. Like, we never had one. Really? We've just have no, we just have a series of laws that have been piled on top of one another, and now we call it a Constitution. It's a uh, house of cards that oh, repeatedly falls apart. Like that show, House of Cards. There you go. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the end of the well, so the early part of the 11th century, the barons revolted against King John and made him sign a document that said they have the right to assail the monarch and seek redress. Classic barons. This is the big thing. Classic yeah, the barons. They, they always they always do that. However, that was declared null and void by the Pope. Uh, then, like a decade later, uh, it they signed a different version that didn't include that language. Oh. However, that original language that they have the right to that, and obviously this only applied to the barons, which was like twenty five people. Um, that language has then dripped out into society now, as people have read versions of this conspiracy theory on the internet, meaning that people now claim that under Article sixty one of Magna Carta, people have the right to dissent if they believe they're being governed unjustly, and that translates to the laws do not apply to me. What that means is you get to a version of this which involves uh, the owner of a tattoo shop in Kent who doesn't want to shut his business down for coronavirus and therefore cites Magna Carta as his reason for doing so. I see. I see. That's interesting because that exact thing is happening here too. I mean, it's happening with the coronavirus, but it's, it happened here also with like a QAnon supporter allegedly shooting and killing a man who – isn't a lawyer, but was like acting as her lawyer to get her children back. Um, we also have just like people declaring that like, yeah, like the government can't stop them from. It's, it's happening with the uh, with like houses of worship and too. Like it's it's just like. Well, to be fair, your government did agree that that was the case. Yeah, I mean, our government hasn't been great about this sort of thing. I mean, that's the problem is that like it's growing right now because they're really. It it feels like there's just like a lot of confusion. So all of a sudden, these people come out of the woodwork and they're like, "Wait a minute, I don't have to deal with any of this shit because like I'm my own person." It's like the same thing behind like there's like Silicon Valley people like trying to buy an oil rig and turning it into like their own nation with like cryptocurrency. Oh yeah, no, we have a bunch of those. Like the UK has loads of them. There's a place called uh, Sealand. Yeah, Sealandia. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. No, so that's yeah. It's off the coast of the UK, and it's uh, yeah, it's a load of old oil rigs in which people have decided that they now have a country. But equally, everyone's like, "Sure, you live at sea, right? You're you're not causing us any problems. Go be your own country. We don't care. You live on like a dilapidated World War II gun turret in the middle of the International Ocean, like." Go for it. Um, and th- but that's that's the thing because I think it's 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 this very strange. I mean, like, okay, let's just be real. It's mostly men. Like, we're talking about mostly men here who, in times of crisis, just like decide that like they're gonna be Rick from The Walking Dead and like go off on their own and like do it better. And th- and that's no matter how they dress it up and what they're fighting about. Like that is exactly it. Is like they want to be like the superhero of some movie that like no one like no one else knows they're in. Right. I mean. So when we were both at BuzzFeed, one of our colleagues, uh, Pat Smith, wrote a great piece about this back in 2017. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, super early on this. Uh, And he talks to someone whose name is uh, Dean Mitchell, uh, who lives in the middle of the forest in in Sussex. Uh, And yeah, he was like, I'm happily married. I had a house in Hastings. I had two kids, a 14-year-old and 18-year-old. And she just decided that was it. Obviously, people fall out of love. I understand that. So we went through the divorce and I moved out of my workshop into the garden for three weeks. Um, then he says, uh, that's when I decided. I've paid my taxes. I've worked hard all my life. And this is how society's paid me back. That's it. I'm going to make a stand. And then moves into the woods and lives there for the next decade. I mean, I guess. like, But like that feels like the inevitable story. Yeah. I mean, it's really weird to me. I just, I guess I just don't have like that, that like weird man mechanism inside of me. That's like, right. I'm going to fuck off to the woods now forever because like, I don't want to be part of society. Like I just, I don't have it. I don't have that. I like roads and movie theaters and air conditioning. Like I just don't, I'm I'm not interested in like living like a monastic life stockpiling weapons in the countryside for the rest of my life. Would you say that we live in a society? Dude, we live in a society. Uh, I uh, I think it's 
I think it's fascinating that the people do end up in this situation because I I I don't say I sympathise with them because it's not quite the right word, but I do understand where they come from in terms of the world is super complicated and everyone keeps yelling at you to pay a variety of different bills and you struggle to do that and then eventually you're like why do i have to do this i exist i'm going to walk into the woods and live there and <laughs> no one can no one can talk to me i'm not taking anything from anyone i'm just going to live here i mean i guess so i what i think is really interesting is that like the sovereign citizens movement for the most part seems to be um vaguely harmless in the uk like vague like it doesn't seem like they're actively hurting people other than like maybe getting people sick with coronavirus is that right i th- yeah i think so i think it's accelerated a little bit it's there's there's it's accelerated but it's also overlapped with other things like QAnon being the obvious one but it's overlapped with other stuff as well like the guy who i'm just mentioning you know he also believes that the earth is flat he also recommends drinking urine as medicine oh well that's he that's real though doesn't believe 9-11 happened i mean uh all this sort of stuff like it, it's not that these people it's like oh this is their only thing like yeah. it is one of a list of number of things look if you drink enough piss you can go back in time and stop 9-11 that's what i read on the internet so <laughs> no because 9-11 didn't happen that's, that's that's right that's right the buildings just uh they just took them down like they they, they yeah <laughs> i mean uh, so to, to sort of cover our bases before we launch into the deeper stuff here in the u.s the southern poverty law center um absolutely designates the sovereign citizens movement an extremist movement and i actually found a daily beast article from 2014 which basically said that like the top group like the group responsible for the most cop murders in America as of 2014 were sovereign citizens. They're basically like anarchists from the right, sort of. At least that's how they used to manifest, I think, before the rise of Trumpism and the rise of QAnon. Um, and then in like the most in the in the last few months, sovereign citizens have been popping up trying to like seize property. They've popped up um like tr- you know. Um, claiming they're involved with like child trafficking stuff, like trying to stop tra- child traffickers, um, and like they're they're actually doing a lot of violence. Like they're they're not. I don't think they're as big as QAnon, and because I think it takes a little more effort to be part of that movement. But they're definitely active, and they're definitely they definitely can be dangerous. Like I, I and as 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 completely insane as a lot of them are. Um, it doesn't take much for them to like flip over the edge. This feels like to me a one size fits all conspiracy. You know, it 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 can do a lot of different things, and it's the sort of thing when people are saying, "I want the right to do X," and they Google like, "Can anyone stop me?" Eventually, they end up on a Freeman of the Land stuff or sovereign citizen stuff, where it's like, "Hey, it turns out no laws apply to you if you don't want them to." Yeah, I mean, I also even like hesitate to call it a conspiracy theory because there isn't much of a theory and there isn't much of a conspiracy. Like a lot, like in the UK, they're claiming, okay, like the Magna Carta allows my sovereignty or whatever. But in the US, like a lot of these people are just like, no, I don't recognize the US government, which, you know, okay. I mean, I mean, that's technically a rebellion. Right. Unless they win, in which case it's a revolution. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to because, as you said, all these people also probably believe the earth is flat. But, like, there's definitely, like, a weird – and and then I, I also think that the ones that aren't super violent, I, I feel very comfortable saying the ones that aren't violent are probably in it to, like, pull off some insane grift. See, I don't even know that. Like, there are an awful lot of conspiracy theories in which people subscribe to because they think it makes the world simpler in that it makes their a clear enemy – and everything they don't like is a result of that enemy, and everything they do like is a result of people fighting back against that enemy. Like it, it is a very simple way to see the world, which, yeah, I think a lot of it appeals to an awful lot of people now. Yeah, I mean, it also appeals to like a very particular kind of person. And I want to show yeah, you, I want to show you this guy that I discovered a couple months ago. Um, his name is Sasha Stone, and. He's British, and your reaction is going to be really good. Are you ready for this? Okay, where are you sending this? To? Okay, I'm sending. Hold on, I'm sending. So, so this is this is Sasha Stone. He is a British man who lives 
I'm sorry. He he grew up in Rhodesia, Zimbabwe. Um, yeah. He course. founded the New Earth Project. He's on the International Tribunal for Natural Justice, and he like launches like completely arbitrary international judicial committees to like promote like sovereignty internationally, like basically like creating a, like an outside government. You know, this would be more shocking if the president of the United States didn't spend the last week having hearings that weren't actually hearings. I mean, I guess that's the problem with all this stuff, right? Is that like in a world of like completely insane, like politicians, like these guys, the only difference is that these guys just like don't have any money or influence, but like they basically operate the exact same way. Also, this guy grew up in uh, Rhodesia, Zimbabwe, and the capital of Rhodesia uh, used to be New Salisbury. Oh, that's a weird, that's a fun little tie-in. So I no, can't- the colonialist name. <laughs> I came across this guy during like the anti-5G stuff. Um, and like, from what I can tell, he- Oh, this, yeah, this guy says it. This is the same thing. 800th anniversary of the signing of the Magna Carta. Oh, is this a Magna Carta guy? I didn't even see He's that. a Magna Carta guy. He's a Magna Carta guy. Interesting. He also believes in like- um uh what is it he he so if you go to his the the website for the international judicial commission of the inquiry into human trafficking and child sex abuse which is he's part of it also seems to be about something that they're calling like the weaponizing of the biosphere or some shit it's okay. total nuts oh and here's another one which is a reclaimyourlives.com he's part of this as well where it's like these guys who like claim their doctors talk about like living a natural life and they just like film these like incredibly boring Zoom conferences. This this reminds me of the um the Brethanarians. Who are those guys? Uh they are people who believe that you can they are people who believe that you can live without consuming food or water. Oh, like people who believe you can absorb sunlight like a plant? No, and not sunlight, just like you just believe that, you know, you don't need food or water and many people die don't do it it's very dangerous okay I, so are we coming out as anti-breathiarian yes 100 percent. okay well let's all they right. say yeah no they haven't eaten for like decades all these people say i haven't eaten for years and then suddenly they die and it's like oh it turns out no they were eating and then they stopped eating and then they died oh i see well yeah you i that makes sense because you need food to not die i guess like i have to imagine there's I don't know. I, I've spent a lot of time trying to like rationalize what this is, like all of these people. And I just like, I can't figure it out. Like I, I always kind of come into any conspiracy thing with like the idea of like, okay, somewhere along the line, these people got turned around and they, they probably don't mean bad, but like they make bad decisions and then like it leads them in like a path that they can't turn around, yada, yada, yada. But like, I just like can't understand the psychology behind it. I guess I just, I really See, don't have it. I find this a much easier one to understand than many of the others. Really? Yeah, because, well, it's, 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 it's don't tread on me stuff, isn't it? Like, from you guys' side, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, we are independent Americans, you know, no government can hold us. Uh, set, what's it, set, second amendment, everyone has the right to bear arms, yada, yada, yada. All, like, all that stuff, like, is super American, and it's, it feels to me like it's that same impulse taken further after someone goes through some incident in which which inspires them to do that uk stuff i sort of understand because i think it's got the same impulse which is essentially i do not believe that this thing that is happening to me can happen and therefore i must have rights to stop it which because it's also it's it's very rarely people who are you know caught for murder or shooting people it's people who are just like fly tipping it's the people who are not really doing anything mm. And someone's like, hey, you're not allowed to do that. And like, I must be allowed to do that. I want to. Uh, and, you know, there's there's probably something happening in our life that, that pushes them to that point. But I do, I don't know, I do understand the impulse to say, this seems unfair. I will look for a reason it's not unfair. And then they all end up in the same place because no one has Google, so everyone ends up with the same uh, principle. Right. Yeah, I think that's definitely like, true. I, I, th I think these people have a very a close link to people who hate TV licenses in the UK. Uh, can you explain for listeners what a TV license is? In the UK, if you want a TV to watch live TV on, you have to pay a license for it, which goes to fund in part the BBC and some other stuff uh, so that we have a state-run media and everyone gets good, high-quality information for free 
other than the TV license. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 the just general principle of it. There are you know various ideological flaws, very ideological reasons why it's quite interesting. But an awful lot of there's a group of people who are like. I, TV license should be illegal. There's a group of people who say like the BBC shouldn't exist for various libertarian reasons. But there's also a group of people who are just like, I feel it's unfair that I have to pay for a TV license. And as a result, they they have this entire culture called gooning, which if you look it up on, on YouTube, is basically an awful lot of people. Like someone comes to the door and says like, hey, um, we're checking up on your TV license. You know, this house used to have a TV license. It doesn't anymore. Do, do you pay your TV license? And then they start quoting, you know, chapter and verse of Article 61 of Magna Carta and all this other stuff, which is nonsense. Right. Um, but it's that kind of same thing where they're just like, this seems unfair. And then they find a reason why they think it is unfair. Which, if the internet exists, that's going to happen. Yeah. I think I think the de- the internet has definitely, like, led to an explosion in this stuff. Whereas, you know, I was reading through some of the older articles about sovereign citizens and it was way more tied to like, you know, your garden variety, like mid nineties domestic terrorist, you know, like that's sort of like, I'm going to be like that, that, that sort of like X-Files villain kind of guy, you know, whereas I think the internet has mainstreamed a lot of this stuff. And a lot of times people like probably don't even know the name of the thing that they believe because like they just like absorbed it via the internet. And what's interesting yeah about the sovereign citizens, I feel like is like it taps into this thing that QAnon is very good at tapping into, which is it makes your really boring, normal life. Interesting. Which to me is like the main driving thing of all conspiracy theories on the internet, which is like, they work as like an alternate reality game. Like, um, like that game that used to play. That was the precursor to Pokemon go. We have the capture the flag thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like they, they make life more interesting. Whereas, you know, if you're a fucking chiropractor from Scottsdale, Arizona, and you live in like a, you know, suburban development surrounded by chilies and Applebee's and you just like have a nothing life and you like buy crystals off Instagram and shit, like you're bored. And so you start reading bullshit on the Internet that makes you feel like you're like a spy in like a movie. And then next thing you know, you're kidnapping children and building pipe bombs yes yeah, it's, it's about being an individual and feeling like for some reason rather than you know you living your normal life in which you have to pay for your tv license or, or whatever it is you are some part of a war between people like you and some mystical force and it's the same for many many conspiracy theories like there are very few conspiracy theories in which conspiracy is actually you don't need to do anything right right it's like there's very few that are just like well i mean actually that's kind of like QAnon's great innovation is like it's constantly waiting you're constantly waiting um which you know isn't working very well for those people right now so um we're waiting but you're also you're waiting because you are forming part of two sides like you're still at war with them we are waiting for the moment to go to war right right so it's still it's still got that like us against them vibe and what's crazy is, like, if you really wanted to be a sovereign citizen, like, you know, capitalism is so broken right now, like, you could probably figure out a way to go do it. If you want to go, like, live in the middle of nowhere with nothing, you can. Uh, or you can, like, you know, invest in cryptocurrency and, like, live off the grid or whatever it is. You just can't do it, like, in Tampa, Florida. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and that's, like, that's sort of the break. Like, I feel like there used to be this thing. Where all the like all the crazy conspiracy bullshit lived in the corners of the internet or lived in like the back of like the weird bookstore in town or like was only like told about like in like the weird kid's basement or whatever it was, right? Or like yeah. the thing that like your weed dealer would tell you about and you'd like be like, oh, that's funny. And then you'd kind of like laugh it off. And then there was this moment where and I have to imagine it's Facebook. I have to imagine Facebook and YouTube are the main drivers of this. We're just like the nonsense hose got turned on full blast and all of a sudden like people who have never encountered culture counterculture or never encountered like you know Fox Mulder shit, they they're now like having their brains turned to mush because they they they've never opened up a uh you know National Enquirer before. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's it's, it's a context collapse 
So there's a there's a video that's been going around, been watched quite a lot by someone who who's going through this. Uh, and the the clip is from a woman called Tasha Harris uh, about someone else, and, and the caption is, and it's kind of amazing to read because it is it's such a pure distillation of being so close and yet so far, mm. which is. Brad from Liverpool exercising his right to stay open, brackets, under Magna Carta. I believe he has a gym. Ah. He's got to run a gym. Uh, and not contracting with police officers. And they say not contracting. It's like, you, in order to have the law apply to you, you have to enter a contract with the police. Oh. I'm sure they Bunch love... Hashtag- I'm sure they definitely agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of hashtags. Do not consent. Do not comply. Know your rights. Magna Carta 61. Yada, yada, yada. And then afterwards, it has this second paragraph, which I'm kind of obsessed with since I first saw it like a few weeks ago, which is so many... And this is the reason why the the, the, sh- the gym needs to close is that it's it's coronavirus and, you know, that's the regulations, yada, yada. So many people are saying it's like they want us to close without realizing that, yes, this is exactly what they want you to do. You do have a choice. And it's like, yes, yes. they do want you to close. This is the whole, this is what they're asking you to do. Yes. And it's this thing of being like, no, 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 they want you to close. And it's like, yes, they're saying that out loud to you, to your face. And yeah, this is like a five minute video, video where this guy has like an extended argument with these police officers. And he's like, I don't have to close if I don't want to. You're trying to make me close. And they're like, yes. Yes. That's, that's the law now. We, we, have, we have laws for this. But also like, I don't know. I don't want to get too like, you know leftist but like if you gave money to stop if you gave people money to stop working they probably wouldn't be going fucking nuts over the fact that you're closing their business yeah like, it would help i don't it know really man. Help. it would probably help things quite a bit if like you know i don't talk about it much on this show but like my mom's a flight attendant and she's been flying th- through the pandemic because like that's her job and she tries to take off as much as she can but like Every time she gets on the plane, like we roll the dice to like see if she gets sick and she hasn't, thank goodness. But I have to think that like a lot of these like, you know, totally deranged people coming out of the woodwork during COVID is because you're pushing people against a wall and they have to, you know, the government isn't helping them. It's not, they're not doing anything for them. So all of a sudden they just start believing like fucking reptilians are going to like psychopathically, you know, lobotomize the Democrats or something like it's yeah. it's like it's nonsense town because no one has anything to lean on and the internet is free and they don't have a lot to do so they're just like i don't know i i i i literally look for studies that say that this isn't because of the internet and i found a decent one actually the other day a uh, friend of the show i think he was on our first episode casey newton wrote about this in oh. his new uh newsletter platformer which i highly recommend but there was a study that sort of argues that actually YouTube isn't radicalizing anybody. It's actually being radicalized. And I've seen variations of this same study a few times. But, like, I just don't buy it because, like, like where else is it coming from? You know? Like, where is it? <laughs> the hose has to be somewhere. And I just, like, I can't find it. And I spend all day on the internet. <laughs> like, I, I can't find it anywhere <laughs> else. So, like, I don't know what's radicalizing culture if it's not gigantic social platforms i mean i i i have a a long-held theory which is that it's essentially people having too much time on their hands and i think that the rise of the the gig economy has done a big part of that i think the rise of insecure jobs has done a big part of that i think the rise of you know basically people not getting appropriate support when they can't work has done that because it means that people end up staying at home and now rather than watching endless daytime tv and quiz shows and stuff they're on their phones watching youtube and youtube has a process where you know if you watch youtube for 20 minutes a day every day for a year you probably won't notice anything weird right like you'll watch some interesting videos you watch maybe watch a music video or something and it'll probably be fine if you watch youtube for eight hours at a time it goes in a very different direction right and you don't start from the outside again the next time you start from the part of the hole you're already in so each time you're just going back into the hole but luckily youtube isn't designed to make you want to watch it for eight or nine hours a day right like that's the good thing yeah is that none of these platforms are designed to be an infinite source of entertainment for people so it's not like you could get sucked into some weird fucking thing for no reason 
because it's not inherently addictive. Right, but like genuinely, if you were like I don't know, uh, 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 what was I say? Probably like twenty two, twenty three, and weren't working uh, at the sort of time when a bunch of your friends probably are working. Uh, actually, you know, it's probably slightly later than that because that point, like everyone's slightly chaotic. If you're twenty nine uh, and not working, and everyone you know is working, and they're all doing nine to five jobs, and the only job you can get is six until three a.m. or whatever, and you have eight hours free every day, what else are you going to do? Actually, I've got a good story for this. I, I, I have a good actual story for this, and this isn't a hypothetical. Okay. This happened. Uh, I was a sophomore in college. I was um, indulging in a lot of various substances because I was bored at school. Sure. I had cable in my dorm and I was bored during the day a lot and I was you know doing what 19 year olds do when they're bored um that isn't masturbating M- mas- <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna do yeah. that uh and I started watching the history channel a lot I started watching the history channel a lot stoned off my ass and I got really into ancient aliens like I got really fucking into ancient aliens because the uh, the history channel in America is a nightmare of just like alien shit and Nazi stuff and Illuminati crap and it's really really bad and I would watch it for at first 2 hours a day then I'd watch it for like 5 hours a day and I, I was watching a, a lot of history channel and, I, and then I was googling stuff that I was seeing on the history channel yeah. and you know I got really close to being like a Joe Rogan DMT. I, I was sitting on 4chan. I was watching the History Channel. I was, I, I was very close to being one of these fucking people. Right, and the reason why you're probably not, or you probably weren't, is that you were just early off the algorithms. Probably, and I mean, also the one difference between me and most sovereign citizens is that I have a support network of people who care about me, and I'm not a deeply lonely, miserable person. And I feel like that's the other part of this is that a lot of these people just like don't have anyone to be like, "Hey, man, you're crazy. Stop talking." This is my this this is my point. Like so many people I know, so many people, like people who have gone through this and then been de-radicalized have always not had a support network. Right. Many people don't have that, and part that's because you know the fragmentation of social so genuine like offline social networks like you don't go to you know there's a bunch of people who spent the last what eight nine months working from home on their own not seeing anyone not going to the pub not going to the restaurant not going to their you know whatever sport they do not doing not going to church like not doing any of one of these things that existed for years with that are ways that that build these other networks that mean that you have these other people talking to you and being like, hey, man, that's weird. Or <laughs> hey, finding- man, lizard aliens aren't real. Please stop saying they are. Right, exactly. It's just occasionally you need to walk out into the sunlight and meet other people. And then you're like, hey, I was thinking about lizard aliens a lot yesterday. But now I've talked to this person about uh, the fact that there's a new Taco Bell in town. I actually have realized that, that my life is slightly more normal than that. And it's fine. And I've gone for a drive and everything's like... You have a real world again. And I think that we get less and less of that now. And, and yeah, I don't really know the explanation to that. Like, maybe it's the fact that people spend more time online means that those connections go deeper. And if you don't meet, meet people offline, then those connections fragment much easier when you find things online that do drag you down these holes. No, I mean, that's exactly right. And from that same period of time where I was absolutely being radicalized and, like, I, I thank God every day that, like, I, you know, figured out, like, I shouldn't be like this. Uh, I had a friend who didn't. I mean, out. the real disappointment was that you didn't carry it on much further and make a lot of money. I could have been, so, uh, dude, I could have been making so much more money if yeah. I had just gone full alt-right. But I have a friend who, not a friend, actually, because we're not friends anymore. But I, I knew someone back at that period of time who did not pull out and did not pull back. And I've I've written about him. I've talked about him on different podcasts and done lectures and stuff. And He's sort of like the archetypal man in my brain when I think about like these communities and these people and how they start. You know, he's like 15 years old. He really liked the Dead Kennedys and he loved like edgy punk humor and he loved like 4chan and something awful and all these places. And then he got really into Ron Paul and he got really interested in the Ron Paul 2008 campaign. And then he got really into Bitcoin 
And then Bitcoin made him really excited because you could buy drugs with Bitcoin in like 2010 or whatever. In 2009, 2010, he's taking a lot of acid, taking a lot of mushrooms. He's like posting on different internet forums about, you know, drugs and cryptocurrency and weapons. And he got really interested in guns. And he was just like surrounding himself with like the worst fucking men on the planet online. And he had a girlfriend who eventually broke up with him. And he had friends who really didn't want him to turn into, you know, a fucking lunatic. And he got really obsessed with Ayn Rand and like all this stuff. And we kept trying to pull him out of it and pull him out of it and pull him out of it. And, you know, it it didn't work. We we tried and tried and he eventually decided he didn't want to stop being a fucking asshole. And last I heard, he had spent a year in his bedroom at home as like a 30 year old man. Um, Yeah. So if you if if you read most of you have most of the reports, you know, there's most of the stories on this. And if you know and around this, it is consistently like there's been a, a weird trigger for it. And that, yeah, it the thing that because also this is the other half of this. There is it is the fact that you find other people online who have the same beliefs as you and the same understandings as you. Um, you have these people online who you've never met. You don't know their faces, people on the Internet. And like that sounds like such a weird boomer thing to say, being like, who are these? Well, actually, it's not boomer. It's Gen X who say, who are these people on the Internet? Boomers are like this uh Hitler lover 271 is actually makes some good points here. Yeah, yeah. Hitler lover <laughs> Hitler lover 1488 is a real doctor and he says <laughs> that if I drink fluoride the government can't hear my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's that thing of, of you have these people online and you don't know who they are, who they could be anyone. They maybe they're trolls, maybe they're children, maybe they're bots. Macedonian you, teenagers, Russian chaos Macedonian agents. Macedonian teenagers. Yeah, exactly. And then they become you have one group of people online who are telling you you're great and one people offline who are being like, hey, you're wrong about everything. Like, it's really hard to then pull out of that spiral and be like, hey, I think I am wrong about everything. Mm. And you need to make sure those connections need to be strong enough. For many people, they are. For not everyone. Or for many people, they are strong enough in a certain way where it's like, okay, we're going to carry on being friends with you and come to the pub, but you do have to stop talking about the lizard aliens because... Over my dead body. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, man, it's bleak. But yeah, and I then also think that this particular conspiracy theory, this idea that people are free, is is one of many directions to go. The fact that many of these people pick up multiple conspiracy theories that are also flat earthers, they're also uh, this is the group of people who think gravity isn't real, which is my favorite group. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of like um, I think I've talked about it in the show before, but the people who think that trees aren't real. The people they think yeah. that trees are actually grass, and that mesas are the tr- the stumps of prehistoric mega trees. Oh, oh, I found a new one the other day. Oh, okay. Which is the big people. Wait, say more about this. <laughs> so, so, so people used to be about like eight foot tall. Oh, I think I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah. There was like yeah. a race. Oh, wait. Did um, sorry. No, no, no. It, was, it wasn't a race. It was just all people used to be about eight foot tall, and then like they evolved and got shorter. That's amazing. And it also reminds me of, so I've been keeping tabs on this subreddit that I feel like we should eventually do a whole episode on the Mandela effect and like the adjacent belief systems. But there's a new subreddit called R Retconned. And these people believe that like basically the Mandela effect can happen at any moment. And if they document it enough, they can catch it happening. They think it's like, they think it's like an actual process that's happening. And so I came across a post that uh, I've been holding on to for garbage day, but I'm just going to use it right here because I'm too excited about it. <laughs> they believe that there's, a <laughs> they believe that there's like a, a hidden country called um, Tartaria. And they believe that like basically where the art, I think it's where the Arctic is. Okay. There was Tartaria, and that's possibly where Eden was. And then during the biblical flood, it got hidden from the world. But actually, there was a kingdom there that has been like secretly controlling the earth. And like Tartaria is like this weird secret hidden kingdom. And that we all remembered it, and we knew about it, and then we, it got retconned away from us somehow, mysteriously. So, so, so it's like a like an Atlantis thing, basically. Kind of like, kind of like an Atlantis combined with like an anti-Semitic one-world government 
conspiracy theory. Um, and these are the you same know, people who I, think that like we magically forgot how to spell Chick Fil A. You know. Okay, because Tartarus was a place. Was it? Yeah. Like the Tartars came from um, uh, Central Asia, Mongolia, I think. Like, like they were around the time of Genghis Khan. I think maybe a little bit afterwards. So this one, there's like a map. Um, so hold on, the, the, I got the Reddit post in front of me. Tar, uh, it's titled Tartaria. Anyone just stumbled across this brand new conspiracy theory that I've never heard of before concerning the Empire of Tartaria. Is this new for anyone else? Funny enough, the existence of this country would explain many of the Mandela effects we see today. And then no, the Tartars are real. Um, like, like it, it, it was, it basically went from, from like Uzbekistan, Ukraine, uh, Turkmenistan, Kyrgyzstan, all the way over to China. It was, it was a, basically a, I don't know, like a, like a, a successor to the, the Mongolian empire. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Like Tartars, Tartars, I think ended up being part of the Russian royal family. Like that's, that's where they ended up. No, no there's a whole subreddit for this. Our Tartaria. Tartar, it's titled Tartaria Uncovered, Antiquitech, Tesla, Mud Floor, and Beyond. And the community describes itself as the awakening is happening now. People across the earth are realizing that the history we've been told is a lie. This sub is an open forum for the collaborative discussion of all topics Tartaria related, including but not limited to Mud Flood, Tesla, Antiquitech, Free energy, conspiracies, hidden history, occulted information, alternate timelines, quantum and esoteric knowledge, and beyond. Fuck, this is good. I am following this subreddit right now. This rules. Oh, this was okay. So this is basically a large part of the world was flooded with mud. Mud flood. Right. All right. This episode is about Tartaria now, and this podcast might <laughs> also be about Tartaria. I'm extremely excited about this. I want to learn how Tesla's involved. Why would it not be? No, no. I think it's the man because, like, uh, conspiracy theorists like love Nikola Tesla. They like they think he's just like the secret piece to every puzzle. He was just bad at PR. He was just like a, a a smart man who was very strange, and everyone hated him. Like, this is fucking mad. Sorry, I'm reading more about this. Like, do you I'm believe? Like, do you believe that we've been Mandela what? affected into not remembering that Tartaria exists? No, but like, it did exist. Like, it's it's not <laughs> like like. It, the name and stuff are, are, are part of actual history. Oh, here's another one. Pre-mud flood Tartaria tech? Did Tesla know? History is a lie. Research the Tartaria Empire. The Tartarian Empire had architecture entirely focused on the extraction of electromagnetic energy. Ah, that's why they think Tesla is involved. Right, okay, that makes sense. But the, yeah, the, the Tars, like were a group of people in Asia which... Was and you know they they would there were chunks of this that are real. Oh wait, they, I think they are making this up a lot less than they think they are. Maybe was Tesla from the lost civilization that ruled before the Great Mud Flood? This is great, man. I am so into this. But this is mad because it existed. Yeah, it did, and we forgot about it because of the Mandela. No, effect. we didn't. We didn't. We just <laughs> didn't know what happened in Mongolia. I interesting. What is this? Somehow. The Brazil World Fair is involved? Oh, well, this just got even more interesting for me. Look, basically, okay, prior to the 18th century, we didn't really know anything about, like, anything past the Urals. And then Europeans, like, it was known as, that area was then known as Tartary. And its inhabitants were known as Tartars. And then different chunks of it, like, as they found out things, they would call it, like, the Manchurian Tartary. Because it was just like a part of the world. Yeah, but this is Tartaria. But it's the same place. Like, oh, yeah, look, there's actually a thing here. Like, right, so I'm looking at this, and there is a thing here from 1599 where it describes Tartaria. Like, it's, a, it's an area of the world. It's like saying Asia. Essentially, what happened is they said Asia, and these people have said, like, hey, we've got that Asia existed. And obviously, Asia exists. I don't know, man. I'm reading this subreddit. I'm seeing some pretty... Some pretty interesting evidence that Nikola Tesla used pyramids to harness electromagnetic technology before the Great Mud Flood. Ah, man, I just hope you got enough to do in the next few days, and you don't start reading too much of this. Let's but also, get into Tesla it. Tesla was from Eastern Europe, so he was arguably a Tatar anyway. Yeah, he's from Tartaria. That's what the subreddit says. Ah, oh, this, this is this is infuriating.
content have you consumed to stay sane this week? <laughs> uh, I I actually just finished the Barack Obama book. Oh, the one where he talks about wanting to have sex with leftist girls? No, he just like says that he was flirting with some hot women and reading Marx in order to repress them. I mean, that's, I assume, how you got to where you are today, so... Yeah, I pressed press many girls. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's an interesting book. I don't know, it's kind of interesting because... Obama is very good. He's a very good writer. He's really good at making like complex things clear and, and writes about it super well. But he's writing about something that's like inherently quite boring, which mm-hmm. is the Obama presidency. Right. Like I would really like Barack Obama to write a book about something that doesn't involve Barack Obama. Yeah, actually, that'd be kind of fun. But yeah, it, it's his uh, the first third of it is about his like. I know his rise to power and, and as he as he's going around like Chicago and stuff, except it's actually quite tedious because he doesn't really explain how. He just sort of goes like, yeah, then I uh, decided to run and then I won. Oh. It's like, okay, good, cool. good for you, I guess. I didn't realize how easy his route to the Senate was. I mean, I don't know anything about it. Really. It was hilariously easy. He um was up against a Republican who he was pretty sure he was going to beat. And then the Republican got found out for after his wife filed a divorce because he was trying to force her to go to sex clubs to have sex with other men. Oh, oh, I remember this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And he won that election, remarkably. It's shocking that people wanted Barack Obama over the sex club guy. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, and then he just won. And it was just kind of all these bits, and he was like, oh, yeah, no, this just happened. And I was like, all right. Hmm. Um, But it's, it's, I don't know, it's it's good, but it also, it, it reads like a campaign book. I'm like, yes, I would now vote for you as president. Oh, you're already president? Right. What did you do? Right. Did you do anything? Did you kind of directly lead the country into, you know, the most politically chaotic era in its existence? No, no, no. Yeah, well, I would have done that. No, not at all. No, why would that be part of the book? Um, well, that's fun. I haven't read a book in a year because my attention span is completely destroyed <laughs> from COVID. But It's fascinating because I'm reading just enormous political biographies constantly now i mean that's good that's a good thing so what content have you been consuming to stay sane well i was watching a lot i mean as listeners of the show will know i was i was watching a lot of tv in the first half of the year uh, and i've thankfully cut down on that quite a bit but last week i I discovered this great stuff on reddit (laughs) yeah um well no no i mean i i'm I'm trying not to like, you know, stare at screens as much as I used to. But um last week I watched um a French rom-com on Netflix called The Hookup Plan and it's like pathologically French. Um it's two seasons, it's about a group of friends that decide that their friend who's gone through a bad breakup needs to meet a new guy, so they hire a male prostitute to date her and then they have to sort of like deal with the fact that they like absolutely violated her for the rest of the show while trying to be funny. And oh. it's like a really weird show. I don't recommend it unless like you're really, really <laughs> looking for content to consume. Um, it, it's it's sort of like it's trying to be a French version of Lovesick, that show about the guy, the British show about the guy yeah. with the um, what was he, gonorrhea or something. Um or like a French How I Met Your Mother, but it, it it's like too French, you know? It's just like... It's, too French. It's just too... It's bogged down by its own Frenchness. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Fair. Uh, thank you guys um, for sending over some screenshots of uh, the content minds appearing in your Spotify end of year, like, countdowns. That's amazing. Uh, I've... I've received uh messages from like five or six people today that we appeared which is wild um yeah uh thank you it makes me it makes me think our episodes are too long maybe. it makes me feel very I, uncomfortable I, yeah yeah um, like, you should not have spent this long listening holy cow um and then thank you for those of you who are uh supporting us on patreon it means a lot uh and those of you who are watching the marathon along with us that's even crazier um we're we're using our twitter account more uh uh for two guys who bloviate about content all the time uh using a twitter account to promote ourselves is extremely uncomfortable but we're we're working our way through it um so you know follow us there we'll be posting new episodes um and we're currently talking about taking uh, a little break at the end of the year uh, maybe the last two weeks we might we might take a little break, some time off. I feel like 
seeing as how many of you have binged us this year, it might be good for you to take a break from us as well. <laughs> it might be healthy for everyone. Um, yeah, we won't take a break from the post post credit scene because we got a schedule for that. That's right. Into it. But yeah, the 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 main podcast we may we may take a brief break as we uh, I don't know enjoy Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna like not stare at a screen or talk to you, which is like a perfect Christmas present for me. You know, I, some time apart, <laughs> I think would be nice for both of us. Yeah, it's been it's been a long year. We probably talk to each other significantly more than we did when we lived with each other. Oh, for sure. I mean, so yeah, this is episode 31. We've done 31 episodes of the show. Technically, it's two different shows, but like, let's just pretend it's all one thing, right? Um, so yeah, thank you for those of you who've been listening since the beginning. That's incredible. If you are interested in hearing the earlier episodes, they're a little rough. They're a little different, but like dive in. They're fun. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're, we'll have two more episodes before the year's over for you guys. I feel like we got to do some sort of year on wrap up, but I haven't figured out exactly the, the, the angle for that. So if you guys have any ideas, let us know. Yeah, that'd be good. If you have any ideas of how you'd like to see us tackle uh, the year that this year has been, uh, let us know. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>